Welcome everyone to Mission Sunday. Hi, this is Greg. I'm the missions pastor here at West Valley Christian Church. We are pleased to have this great day and to celebrate all the incredible things that God is doing through missions here at this church. We hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, West Valley Christian. We doing good? Uh, maybe we'll see. The verdict's still out, huh? Well, I want to say hi to all of you online, too. Uh, God bless. And we are on our, what we call, Mission Sunday. And we've uh, had a few of those over the years, and then COVID kind of ruined that. That's the only thing that COVID did. Do you know about that thing? Have you heard? Anyways. But uh, we are Mission Sunday, and we are excited to share with you so much stuff uh, today about what God is doing in missions, not just for the church, but hopefully for your own life. So what I wanted to do is start off this message with a little group participation. Are we ready for a little group participation? All right. So I thought it'd be fun if we looked at a few mission statements from organizations that maybe you might, uh, you know, show up for once in a while. So I'm going to share the mission statement, and then you're going to yell out your answer to who you think this matches with, all right? So we're going to start easy. Well, maybe easy. The first mission statement is, the idea that a customer could have a different flavor every day of the month. <laughs> Just pat yourself on the shoulder. You've done well. Yes, congratulations. Number two, to inspire and nurture the human spirit. One person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. Look at you, A student down here. Starbucks is the correct answer. All right, number three, this one is not easy. I'm just going to straight out tell you, but actually the chairman of our elders is the one that yelled out the right answer after about 42 minutes. You ready? Providing the freshest, highest quality foods and services for a profit, and this kind of sets them aside a little bit, and a spotless sparkling environment whereby the customer is our most important asset. Whole Foods, that's a good guess. Someone said Trader Joe's last service. Chick-fil-A, there's been a lot of Chick-fil-A's. Did someone say Walmart? I'm sorry, but I think part of it said spotless and clean. I don't think that's Walmart. It's kind of like the person first service yelled out McDonald's. And I almost had a conniption out here. I almost lost it. I almost jumped off the stage to the end of my life because it said quality food. Anyways, I'm sorry. What? Bristol Farms, good one. You nailed it. Did you Google it? In and out. In and out Burger. All right, so that, there's that. Now let's get back to maybe another easy one. To give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. AT&T, that's a good guess. Really, this happened first service too. Ready? To give, the, give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. Yeah, I love how you did that. Facebook? Yeah, you're right, Facebook. <laughs> I'm not saying they're doing a good job. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Let me give you one last one. Let's see how we could do on this one. To seek and save that which is lost. <laughs> Where's the exit sign? 
And can I just tell you, you guys are just like first service, but better looking. Literally, you guys are like yelling out, 31 flavors, Baskin Robbins, Starbucks. Jesus. Jesus. Now, I know you at home, you're like, ah, you're yelling and screaming. Church, it's okay to say the name of Jesus, especially in church, all right? Come to seek and save that which is lost. There you go. There you go. Well, all that other stuff, you got a little trivia, but really this is where I want us to talk about. I don't want us to talk about Starbucks mission or 31 Flavors mission or certainly Facebook's mission, but we're here to talk about the mission that Jesus had. And let me give you a little hint. It might be our same mission. It might be our same mission. Let's pray. God, it is good to be in your house. It is good to be alive. It's good to have breath in our lungs. It's good to be able to laugh. It's also good to be able to cry. And it's really good to be challenged to grow through your Holy Spirit, through your word. And I'm praying, God, that you would help me, a weak vessel, to give a strong message, to give your message with clarity and with passion. And that our hearts, my heart, would be open to receiving the truth that would be shared today. God, I love you. We love you. In the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said. There's a book I love, that Lifestyle Evangelism. And it uh, was presented to me uh, for the first time in Bible college uh, many, many years ago. And I've read the beginning, and I want to read it again of this book. It says, there is a legend which recounts the return of Jesus to the glory after his time on earth. In heaven, he bore the marks of his earthly pilgrimage with its cruel cross and shameful death. The angel Gabriel approached him and said, master, you must have suffered terribly for the men down there. I did, he said. And continued, Gabriel, do they know all about how much you love them and what you did for them? Oh, no, said Jesus, not yet. Right now, only a handful of people in Palestine know. Gabriel was perplexed. Then what what have you done? What have you done, he said, to let everyone know about your love for them? Jesus answered. Now listen to this. Jesus answered, I told Peter, James, John, and a few more friends to tell other people about me. Those who are told will in turn still tell other people about me. And my story will spread to the farthest reaches of the globe. Ultimately, all of mankind will have heard about my life and what I've done. Well, Gabriel frowned and looked rather skeptical. He he knew the poor stuff men were made of. And he said, yes, but what if, what if Peter and James and John grow weary? What if the people who come after them forget? And what if way down in the 20th century, people just don't tell others about you? Do you have another plan? And Jesus answered, I haven't made any other plans. I'm counting on them. 20 centuries later, he still has no other plan. He's counting on you and I. And all God's people said. You see, 
we read the scripture that's found in Luke chapter 19.10 that tells us that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. This is Jesus' mission. But I would argue that it is our mission also. I would argue that it is our mission also. Now, if you're listening online or here today and you have not said yes to Jesus Christ, we are glad you are here. Amen, church? We are glad you are here. Welcome home. You are in the right place. But if you have said yes to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, think about this. If we had no other purpose here on this earth, wouldn't it make sense that the day we said yes to Jesus, that he would just kind of beam us up to heaven and all is good, right? It's like, all right, good, we're in right relationship, beam me up, you're in heaven. But that's not how it plays out. I gave my life to the Lord, I'm still here. Many of you have given your life at home to the Lord, here in this place, to the Lord, and you're still here. That tells me that you have a purpose here on this earth. And it's more than consuming coffee or good breakfast, especially bacon. Can you tell I'm hungry? (laughs) Right? But there's a purpose that we're here. And Jesus says, well, let's hear what he has to say. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. If you've been around West Valley long enough, you know this is the very first passage that I memorized when I became a Christian at age 18. Uh, For someone, I don't know if the youth pastor challenged me or if I just was drawn to it. But this passage, think about this. Jesus, baby little Jesus, little baby Jesus. You know, we're going to be celebrating the birth of Jesus here. Grows up, does amazing ministry, pours into the 12 disciples, right? He's criticized. Matter of fact, he's, he's falsely accused of a crime that he did not commit, and that would lead to what? Crucifixion, right? And he went through this cruel death. But then we know the scripture, right? Because then there's Easter, the resurrection. Death could not keep him down. Can I hear an amen? amen. Death could not keep him down. So, so this all happens. Now, Jesus is going to go up to heaven. He's going he's to go up to heaven, and, 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 and there's this, he's set the stage for all this. But here's some of his final words. Some of his final words are right here. Right in this passage, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Ready? Then Jesus said to them, all authority. How much? All. Oh, you guys are good. All in the Greek means what? Oh, you guys are so good. All means all. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to who? Now, let me, let me, let me, let's, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Jesus is speaking. All authority is given to Jesus. It's not our government that has all the authority. It's not pastors that have all the authority. It's not the world leaders that have all the authority or the CEOs. It is Jesus Christ and him alone. He has all authority. So if he has all authority, and these are some of his final words, it's really going to be important what he says. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Then he says, therefore, therefore, because I have all this, go. You guys know your English well enough? What part of speech is this? That's right. There's action involved, isn't there? This is known as the great commandment, not the great suggestion. 
Jesus isn't going, well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I've just gone through all this stuff and I went through this death and I'm resurrected and I'm going to go ascend into heaven. I'm going to come back one day. So I'm just going to throw some flippant words. No, these are intentional words. These are marching orders. This is the locker room before you go out onto the field speech. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples. What's a disciple? It's a Christian. Okay. Therefore, go and make disciples of what? People that look like you? People that you like? Oh, you guys are good. All. There's that word all again. And all means what? All means all. All means people that look different than you. People that vote different than you. People that have different opinions on COVID than you. And pandemics and mandates and vaccines. People that, people that live life different than you. People that vote different than you. All means what? So therefore, go into all the world, all the nations. And then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's some marching orders. The great, not suggestion, but the great commandment. So if Jesus' mission is to seek and save that which is lost, our mission is the same. Now, here's what I think. I think, well, gosh, I could feel obligated by this. I could feel burdened by this. I could feel put off by this. And there's been seasons in my life maybe where I've felt this. But the honest truth is I ought to, and we ought to feel privileged. You see, think about it. Jesus could use anything to share the good news. He could use billboards. He could use donkeys. He could use rocks. He could use Facebook. He could, he could, he could, he's God. He could do anything he wants. But in the big scheme of things, he chose you and I to be able to be messengers of good news. Life-changingness. You ever thought about that? So, I love the quote that many of you have heard before from Mark Twain. The two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find your what? The day you find your why. The two most important days of your life are the day you are born and the day you found your why. If you are a Christ follower, I just help solve all of your problems. I've answered the question that many of you are trying to figure out. Why am I still here on this earth? Why am I alive? You might be a young teenager or you might be 80 years old asking that question. I just blessed you through the Holy Spirit with answering your why. Your why, your why, your why is to seek and save that which is lost. You see, otherwise we're incredibly selfish and and I've had in and out seasons of this. It's like, we, 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 we come to this relationship with Jesus Christ, this saving relationship, and, and we get the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise of the forgiveness of sins, and everything's good. But we don't give a rip about anyone else that was in the very same situation or is in the very same situation as we were. It's kind of like, you know, the Titanic, the ship's going down. We got in one of those little lifeboats. We see hundreds of people, you know, struggling to, to live, and we're good, so we just kind of swim off. You and I have a purpose. There's a reason why we have breath in our lungs. There's a reason why we're here on this earth. 
And that's to seek and save that which is lost. I look out here and I, I got a, a, a personal trainer in here. Not for me. I, who needs a personal trainer, right? <laughs> Just kidding. But you know what that, that guy's job is? Yeah, I mean, he could help people to get fit and to take care of themselves physically. And that's wonderful. But you know what his real job is? To help people find Jesus. We have an electrician in here. That's a great trade. And that puts food on the table and a roof over the head. We all need food on the table and a roof over the head. But you know what his real purpose is? So he can save the lost. We have realtors in here. You know what your purpose is? So you can save the lost. Stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads. I, I mean, we got everything in here, right? And no matter what it is that we do to put food on the table and a roof over our head and to love our, our families and such, at the end of the day, we all have the same mission as Christ followers. And that's help to seek and save the lost. Have you thought about that lately? How exciting is that? Like, you got a purpose. Now, I'm not telling you you're going to be Billy Graham, you're going to reach millions. Maybe you're going to be the little old lady that reached Billy Graham who reached millions. It's not about how much. Scripture doesn't tell me about how much. It's just that we're all an active part of helping to seek and save the lost. It's quiet in here. So I want to press into this a little bit. I just want to use the two words that Jesus used himself. If you're taking notes, write down number one, seek, seek. Luke 19 says he, his job was to seek and save the lost. We just read in Matthew chapter 28, uh, 18 through 20, to go. So those are those active words. That means we need to engage. We need to participate. We need to be a part of it. We talked about one of our core values. We just finished our core values of the series last week. And one of our core values is team. And I talked about this whole idea that, so what if all we do is buy the league, pay the league fees and we get the uniform and we get the name on our back. But if we don't show up to practice, we don't show up to the game and we don't participate, then we're not really a teammate. Does that make sense? Uh, we just finished, I coach over at uh, West Hills Baseball, uh, just right off uh, Valley Circle here. We just finished our season yesterday. So I'm coaching 13 and 14-year-olds mainly. And so, you know, by then, you figured out if you like the sport or not, right? You know, we're not talking five and six or where the parents are twisting your ear and making you play and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, little Johnny, no, I don't care. If you don't want to, you're gonna, right? But, but by this time, you kind of weeded out all that. But I'm coaching, and this is a pretty high level over here at West Hills Baseball. I was dumbfounded at how many games, almost every game this season, and it wasn't just one kid, but multiple kids, that during the game, okay, we have 12 kids, nine are on the field. During the game, in between innings, coach, can I sit this inning? Coach, can I sit this inning? Now, let me just welcome you to a real world of sports. When I grew up, I never wanted to sit on the bench. I never wanted to sit on the bench. I didn't want to be that kid. I didn't care if Johnny and Scott and Steve did, but I wasn't going to sit on the bench. I wanted to be on the field playing. And these are some good athletes. And literally, literally, coach, can I just sit? And you know what I feel like? Myself included, sometimes in the church, we're the same way. I paid my registration fee. I got my jersey. 
punch my ticket into heaven? Can I just sit? Kyle Eidelman wrote a book called Fan or Follower. Jesus did not die for a bunch of fans. He died for followers. He died for us to to follow his life. And his life was on mission, was to seek and save that which was lost. And he gave us the privilege to do the same. How are you and I doing with the mission that has been given to us? Seek. Matthew chapter 9, if you'll turn there. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion. And, 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 and all joking aside, the Greek word there is splachnitsumai, which means a love from the gut. He had compassion when he looked at the crowds. He saw them as what? Helpless and harassed. They were, they were like sheep without a what? They were like sheep without a what? Without a shepherd. And this bothered him. This hurt him into the innermost part of his gut. And if I'm honest, there's seasons in my life where when I see people without Christ, it hurts. But there's many seasons in my life where it doesn't bother me until I think about it. Because I'm just too busy doing church stuff. I don't have time for the lost. Do you hear what I just said? And can, can we also fall into that same trap? I got Bible studies to go to and life groups to go to and I, and I gotta go get you know, clothes for the hope of the valley and I need to go march with, uh, with uh, open arms for abortion and, I, and I, gotta, I gotta do all this stuff. But, and like I said, first service, I love open arms pregnancy ministry, amen? I love what they do. They help young women that are wrestling with, do I keep this child or not, and the man. I love Hope of the Valley. They're doing an incredible job in trying to make some kind of an impact here in the valley with a homeless. I love, I love the shoe boxes that we do. I, I, I love Pioneer Bible translators and, and all that they are doing, trying to translate the Bible into every language, written language and oral. I love all that stuff, but let me, hang with me. If every person is clothed and every person is fed and every person doesn't have an abortion and every Bible is written in every language but people don't know Jesus, who has won? Andrew's Crest is here. You know, we got thousands of kids going up to camp. So what if they have a great time at camp but they don't know Jesus? And again, I love every one of them. That's why they're here. That's why we support them. But do you see what I'm saying? And I personalize it. If I go to life groups and I go to fight night and I, go, I give my 10% and I do all this stuff, but I don't know Jesus, so what? I'm glad there's two exit signs over here. I could just, but you hear my heart on this, right? Our mission is to seek and save that which is lost. Do we really care about the lost? I'm going to call someone out right now. And I, t- I got to say this to his face. Steve Fossa is amazing when it comes to this. And he's in our congregation right here, right now. Like, we have a, 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 the big event where we had over 1,000 people at it, um, Harvest Festival. Steve, like, almost in an annoying way, and I say this lovingly, Pastor, I just met this couple. You need to come over and meet them. <laughs> you know, Pastor, you know. And he's got his neighbors come. I mean, he's, he's, ever since I've known Steve, he's always been that way. Pastor Kirby. Right? 
But isn't that all of our job? Now, again, we're all going to do it at different levels. Seek means do something. They were sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, here's what's crazy. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. See, I spent time praying for Susie's heart to know Jesus, for God to soften George's heart, and Jesus saying, that's messed up prayer. Not that it's messed up. You could always pray for people, but isn't he saying, their hearts are ready. The problem is you and I are keeping our mouth shut. There's a lot of people out there that want to know Christ, but we're keeping it a secret. Hmm. The people of the world are more ready to receive the good news than we are ready to give it, says Tim Harlow in his book, Life on Mission. The people of the world are more ready to receive the good news than we are ready to give it. Do you believe that? No other organization's mission statement says to seek and save that which is lost. No other organizations have the resources of the good news, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit. What a blessing that God has allowed us to be a part of his plan to bring people into a right relationship with him. John chapter 4, verse 34 says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know the best meal that you could eat? is bringing the good news to someone and seeing their life change. Amen? I mean, really, there is nothing better than that. Acts chapter one, verse eight says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. So I want you to think through this in your own life, how this plays out, because this is the how. And this is how we operate our missions ministry here at the church. It was really simple. When I took over missions, I was like, well, there's the model. We need to be involved locally. That's Jerusalem. We need to be uh, 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 involved domestically. That's what? That's the United States. And then we need to, the, all the ends of the earth is what? The ends of the earth. That's internationally. So we set up our missions with those three categories, and we try and put Equal amounts in all three of them. At West Valley, we used to just be really good at sending checks to missionaries all over the world. But when we looked in our backyard, we weren't doing much in our backyard. And that's okay. We've learned and grown. Uh, I am all about ministering in our backyard. I want us to be a church, like I said, that is generous. Not generous in saying, give me, give me, give me, which a lot of churches might be perceived as in our community. But we want to be the church that comes alongside our businesses and our organizations and say, what can we do for you? So we're trying to get better and better at that. Simple things like, well, we were one of the biggest sponsors at the police, um, LAPD's uh, Topanga Division's um, golf fundraiser to help raise money for children that are in need in the valley. Isn't that awesome? Now, first of all, I'm just going to publicly say it. We ought to support our police our firemen and our paramedics and be incredibly grateful for them. They're not used to a church saying, hey, let us help you. Local businesses, I could give you a number of local businesses that we've come to them and said, what can we do for you? And they didn't know what to, how to respond to that because they're always used to churches saying, what can we get from you? We could always do better in all these areas. How are you doing in ministering locally? You know what my thing is Locally. It's baseball. That shouldn't surprise you. Coach for over 20 years in this valley. I'll be really honest. 
probably as a 20-year-old, my mission was when. My mission was when. My mission was to have those kids be the best ball players that they could be, but we were going to win. I still want to win, but I have a bigger purpose that God's placed on my radar over the last 10 years, and it was just growth. It was really fun. I was saying this, this first service, and I didn't realize it, but we had three families from baseball this year that were at church. That's just what's happened. I don't preach the gospel. I try and live the gospel over at West Hills. I don't do it perfect, but it's on my radar. That's my local. What are you doing personally? Like, what's your thing that you're good at that you could be around people that don't know Christ that are lost, and you could build relationship with them and help them to find and know Jesus? That's all we're talking about. We're not talking about standing on a box and beating people over the head with the Bible. That's not, that's not gospel preaching anyways. That's, well, I'll just, okay, it's nonsense, but. I have a lot to say on all this stuff, but I want to close off with um, bringing a friend up. But uh, before I do that, I want to share with you specifically what not we do, or I do, but what we do as a church, okay? So this is what we do. This is how it breaks down with how we support. And again, every one of these organizations are handpicked prayerfully because not only are they good at what they do, but they have the element of seek and save the lost in it too. So locally, our school. Our school is our biggest mission locally. It was started by the church and it still is overseen at the end of the day by the church. But we have an administrator by the name of Derek Swells and his team that do the best job that they can. And I praise God that we have a school that still preaches the word and teaches the word. Can I hear an amen on that? Not a perfect school, just like we're not a perfect church. But especially in this pandemic time, do you know there's a waiting list on many of our grades? Because as the craziness is happening, people are flooding here. At the end of the year, two years ago, when we had 99 decisions for the Lord, do you know where we could trace back those decisions? Most, the, the most that we could trace back to were to the school. Their first contact with our church was because of the school. And eventually they gave their life to the Lord. The school is a local mission for us. Um, community events like Harvest Festival, Open Arms Pregnancy Clinic, which is a phenomenal ministry. Andrews Christ Christian Camp, who we're going to hear from in, in a little bit. Hope of the Valley. I mean, the battle that they're on the front lines right now uh, of homelessness and all that's going on there. We praise God for them. Domestically, we've got Pacific Christian College that's raising up pastors, the American Indian Christian Ministries, the Accelerate Group, which is Don Wilson and his wife, after they retired, started a ministry for pastors and their wives. Hope of the Valley, um, uh, not Hope of the Valley, Stephen Carmen Cook, uh, Richard Godsell, who's a former youth pastor. He's either in Uganda or he just left Uganda. Richard's doing crazy stuff right now for the Lord. And I'm so proud of him. We just brought him on as one of our missionaries this year. And you're going to hear more and more about what he's doing. Internationally, we've got South Seas Ministries with Samoa. We've got the church that we just planted in Gethathuru in the slums of Kenya. We've got Lifeline, where we just packed about 20, 
to 25,000 meals. We've got Bible uh, Translator and all that they're doing, amazing stuff. Team Expansion with Zhenya and all his amazing giftedness of translation. We've got Operation, uh, there's like probably a couple hundred boxes out there, isn't it, Carolyn? Isn't it amazing, that wall? And thank you for all of you that participated in Operation um, child with the the boxes, and thank you for all of that, and today's the deadline for that, but the list goes on, and this is is what you're a part of, amen? Amen. God deserves the glory. I want to bring up my friend, uh, Dave Krause. Let's give it up for Dave Krause. Dave Krause is the executive director at Andrews Christ Christian Camp. Raise your hand if you've ever been at Andrews Christ Christian Camp in here. Wow, look at that. Yeah, that's, that. yeah. Future so, summer workers. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, 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 we, we, we have men's retreats there. We have mother-daughter retreats, father-son retreats. We do our children's ministry go up there. Um, our teens ministry, the high schoolers, junior hires. Uh, I've been going there since I was 18. I've been on the board for who knows how long, long time. Yeah. But um, Dave, as the executive director, are you ready to be pelted? I am. Give me the questions. I'm going to change them up. No, I like that. How long have you been associated with the camp? I've been the executive director now for about 20 years for Angelus Crest. And I know many of you are asking, wow, he's kind of young. Started when I was 18. (laughs) So just, yeah. Um, But actually, I've been the executive director for 20 years. But before that, I was a pastor of a church for a number of years. But I was actually their first youth uh, program director back in the 1980s. And when I say that to a lot of our teen workers who come up on summer and all that, I say, you know, it was back when dinosaurs were still roaming up on the mountain? And they say, really? (laughs) But yeah, so I've been involved in the youth ministry, the youth program part, now as executive director. Awesome. And uh, Dave, uh, you have um, been a part of a lot of different seasons there. Can you imagine camp during a pandemic? when you can't have camp. And by the grace of God, like I said, I'm on the board right now. We are just so blessed that God has been able to keep the the camp open um, despite not having campers. And it's, there's a miracle there that we won't talk about, but it's, it's amazing. But Dave, uh, what, here's the, here's the guy that's on the board. I'm going to give you the test. (laughs) What's the mission statement of Andrews Crest Christian Camp? He was good as our our leader and president for a long time on the board. He's quizzing me, right, to make sure I know what I'm doing. Uh, You know, we kind of break it down a little bit in two parts, but our, really, our mission at Angeles Crest Christian Camp is to see lives changed through Jesus Christ, right? But we do it in a unique way. The other part of our mission statement says that we are all about providing great mountaintop experiences with an eternal impact. So we have a reason why we're up at camp. We're not just like the YMCA camp or sports camp. We have a reason. When you come up to camp, we want to, you to have this great experience that we think can only be done at camp through God's revelation and, and mountains and environment all that and trees and all that. But uh, we want there to be a spiritual impact, an eternal impact in, in the lives of mostly children and teens, but also a lot of adults. Ah, and it's awesome because I've seen it. Uh, Pastor John, who's on staff, has been changed by that camp. I've been changed by that camp. We used to bring our college group there when we were younger. Uh, Keith Paltex here, we used to do a lot of volleyball uh, back there, and Keith's on staff over there. 
But, uh, and by the way, it's, it's an hour and 15 minutes from here. It's not mm-hmm. crazy distance. You just take the, the, the 210 and you get off at Angeles Crest Highway and you're about a 45 minute drive yep. up there and it's beautiful. So many opportunities. But um, Dave, we just finished our core values and uh, it's generosity and fun and excellence and life change and team. And the big, you know, all of them are important, but life change is really important. So I want to ask you, uh, can you tell us a life change story that's happened here recently at Angelus Crest? Yeah, first of all, I forgot to say this. Um, I want to thank you as a church for your support of Angelus Crest and your partnership because um, going through a pandemic, we've gone through two major fires, each one burning about 175,000 acres in the camp. Camp was saved through both of those and all that we've gone through, but part of it is because of of, uh, your pastor and our partnership and his leadership and you as a church. So you need to give yourselves a round of applause for that because we we appreciate you. well, I knew you'd asked that question, so I, I shared a couple things, but I actually, I actually have a life change testimony that was sent to me. I get emails all the time about people who have gone up to camp and how their lives was changed. Here's one um, that was sent to me. Here, here's an email. It says, one of our summer campers has attended our church with his father and brother for less than a year. And actually, this happened this past summer. Um, one of our summer campers has attended our church with his father and brother for less than a year. And was unsure about camp, but he attended camp and had an amazing time. And we saw transformation in his life immediately. I didn't tell her right that. So uh, saw transformation in his life immediately. He usually runs our slides. You know the slides that are up here? So he usually runs our slides. And his first Sunday back, he was singing along in worship for the first time. And then it says the next week he got baptized because of the experience he had at camp. And that's Katie Clemens, uh, youth pastor at Inside Out Church, uh, Inner City Church in L.A. here. So So that good? And I told Rob, uh, we just had a group. um, We we run our own camps. This is a program camp that she came to and he came to. Uh, We also work with guest groups, and guest groups come up, and we work with them and all to achieve what they want. We just had a men's conference hosted by... Uh, Frank Sontag, who works for KKLA and all that, they brought a bunch of men up. Um, They baptized 12 guys in our pool. And one of the guys was a 21-year-old kid who had come up to the camp. He was homeless and struggling in life, and he came up, and uh, they ministered him, accepted Christ, got baptized in the pool. He was one of the guys. Isn't that cool? Um, i share one more, because I I told him I could keep going. But um, one of our sister church here is in First Christian Church in Newberry Park. I don't know if you've heard of that church. Yeah, Newberry Park. It was uh, not too long ago, I was talking to a young high school girl. And I was just, you know, I, I like to talk to campers who are up there. And we were just chatting. She was having a great time. I said, so how did you come up to camp, all that? Well, I came up with Newberry Park. And actually, my brother was the first one who came up here. He's older than me. And I said, oh, that's cool. He goes, yeah. He came up, and he came up with a, with a men camp. He was a little older, but he came up with a man camp. And he got baptized, and uh, so he's, you know, attending the church. And I go, that's really cool. She goes, yeah, you know what else is great, though? He just passed away about six months ago. But she said, I'm so glad he came up to camp and he got baptized. Isn't that cool? I mean, there's some of the stories. We got more. but (laughs) Tons. Tons. And even our own church. Recently, we had a couple of our teenagers get baptized, but that decision was made up at camp. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. Dave, what are you most excited about right now? 
I think we're most excited, most excited always about people. And uh, through the pandemic, it's been hard to get a lot of people up at camp just through all that was going on. But we just recently had, um, we, over the last couple of weeks, we've had like 30 different calls from different groups and churches to come up to camp and want to be involved. We're booked solid for the, the next few months. And our entire summer for 2022 is all booked. And so we just have tons of people coming up to camp. We know they're going to hear the good news. We know they're going to have life change. And, um, but we're also doing a lot of physical things to the camp. Um, we're going to put in a new uh, artificial turf field. Um, we're also, some of our cabins in the north area, they have a central shower house, but we're going to put cab uh, bathrooms inside the cabins to make it a little bit better and, and uh, um, more safe and hygienic for the kids. And then um, in a couple years, we have our big 75th anniversary, and we're going to have a big gala fundraiser. We're going to do that and hopefully um, get some money towards a brand-new dining hall. And uh, in some offices and stuff, so we're excited. Well, thank you, Dave. Let's give it up for Dave Krause. You know, Judd Wilhite is a pastor in Las Vegas, and he says this, ministry is messy because sin is messy. Get over it. Get a mop and start helping to clean it up. Isn't that good? Ministry is messy because sin is messy. Get over it. Get a mop and start helping clean it up. And that's my heart for all of us. Whatever God puts on your heart to put this on the radar, how can I share the good news? How can I be the good news for those around me that are, being, that are lost? Um, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make an executive decision. The committee is me, and I just made the decision. I want to go. I wanna, are you okay for an extra five today? Because we have someone that's here that's flown all the way from Pennsylvania that represents another one of the ministers who support. Now, when I say we support, you know this. Offerings, we tithe on offerings. Actually, we do 12%. Uh, we, we increased it. And so we support all these ministries monthly and then also sometimes with big gifts. So that's something that you need to know. You are a part of that. But one of those is uh, Pioneer uh, Bible Translators. If Jeff could come up here, let's give it up for Jeff who came all the way from Pennsylvania. And uh, he was just telling me something that is just it's something that we're a part of, and we just gave some money towards uh, recently um, to, to even go to the next level, but monthly support towards this. And Jeff, I'm just going to jump straight to the, 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 the good stuff here. What is it that is going on with Pioneer Bible Translators right now that you would like to share that's actually a bunch of translating groups that have yeah. come together? I think these guys would love to hear this. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, thanks uh, for um, what you guys are doing and the ministries that you're supporting locally and domestically and globally. And um, We're seeing some really exciting things happen in the world of Bible translation right now. Uh, currently, I don't know if you know how many languages are in the world, there's, there's around 7,000 languages. And right now, only 10% of those have a fully translated Bible in their language. Um, there's some more with, you know, they've got a New Testament. Some of them have some portions of Scripture. But right now, there's still almost 2,000 languages around the world, not even one verse in their own language. Um, but God's been doing some really great things. There's a collective of uh, 10 Bible, uh, actually it's 11 now, Bible agencies that are doing the majority of translation worldwide and we're all working hard at trying to figure out how do we get these done? How do we, how do we make sure we get God's 
word into every language on the planet. And uh, right now, our organization has said, look, we're, we've got about 108 projects that we've been involved with since we've started and that we're working on. We're uh, trying to start another 200 in the next 10 to 15 years. And, and everybody's aiming for about 2033, so 2,000 years after Jesus gave us that great commission, that we think, hey, that's what we're shooting for. At least let's get all of these started. And so for the first time since Jesus said, go make disciples of every nation, uh, we're this close to being able to get the Bible into their language, at least portions of it, and at least the New Testament. So uh, that's what's exciting for us. And you guys, you guys are a big part of that. So thanks for, for your partnership that, with that. Do you catch what he just said? That's exciting. Like, that's groups coming together instead of being silos, coming together, seeing what all the languages are that still need to be done, and they've collectively come together and said, you do this piece, we'll do this piece, we'll do this piece, and then, you know, the goal is by 2050, but, you know, who knows, but by 2050, maybe every language, even orally, uh, could have some semblance of the Bible. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you to Jeff. Thank Go you. stop by his booth and ask specific questions and really appreciate this guy. Church, it's been a fire hose this morning, but I hope it's been a good one. Seek and save that which is lost. I'm grateful for the people that have done that in my life. Aren't you glad that someone did that for you? Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you. We do know that ministry is messy because we are messy, but we do have to get over ourselves, grab a mop, and start helping one by one. Give us the right words, give us the right opportunities, even today as we leave this place. Put people in our hearts. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Remember, Lord, your tender mercy. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.